welcome to the very first episode of Park in the Bus, a fantasy football podcast. I am your host, Callum, and I am joined by my very good friend, uh, Jack. Hello. How are you, Jack? I'm very well. How about yourself? Uh, I'm, I'm not too bad. I've had a nice Thai curry meal for dinner. Takeaway or, or cook? Uh, it was home cooked, actually, oh, for a change. Very nice. Is, proper, proper stuff. <laughs> proper stuff, yeah, indeed. Right, well, we should uh, probably stop talking about Thai curry. Jack and I have been friends since secondary school. Uh, and in 2015, Jack introduced me to the wonderful world of fantasy football. Uh, and since then, uh, I've been desperate to win our mini league uh, and outwit Jack, who is somewhat of a, a guru when it comes to <laughs> fantasy related. Uh, and as a result, uh, and, you know, last five years, it hasn't been going particularly well for me. Uh, but last season, uh, I managed to uh, I managed to win for a change. Jack hasn't taken this very well, though. <laughs> uh, and it's now been, uh, yeah, you know it. Uh, and has now been vowing his revenge uh, to take back his crown. Uh, and much like Baldrick out of Blackadder, uh, he has a cunning plan. Yeah, so I, I attempted at the end of last season to go for my big at the back theory after lockdown. Um, Trent, Robertson, Doherty, Wan-Bissaka and Aurier in my back five. And I'm going to hope to carry this forward into the next season and hope that defence wins me titles, as Sir Alex Ferguson would say. So, yeah, hence the name uh, Park in the Bus, I guess. Yeah, yeah, of course. And that sort of relates a little bit to my style of play as well. I like to think I'm a bit of a conservative FPL player on the whole. So you are the uh, the big Sam or the Mourinho of uh, fantasy football? Uh, I think that's what you're trying to say. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I see, we'll probably find out my thoughts on Mourinho at some point in the future. But, <laughs> yeah, we'll go for well, that. I, we'll go for that for now. As a Spurs fan, I'm sure we will. Yeah, uh, yeah, you, you definitely will. <laughs> Yeah. So in short, this podcast will be the two of us and uh, maybe some more people in the future discussing our fantasy thoughts with a focus on defenders, uh, giving out some advice, perhaps, uh, if you want to improve your team at the back, uh, as well as our opinions on what's going on in the real world of football, uh, talking about the latest matches and some transfer rumours and really anything else that takes our fancy. Yep. So are we, uh, are we ready to get into the new season of Fantasy Jack? Yeah, I think we are. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. So it obviously, uh, the game sort of restarted itself uh, last Saturday, uh, which was quite inconvenient because that, that just so happened to be my birthday. Yeah. Yeah, so that's I true. wasn't able to do any, uh, <laughs> to do any planning on Saturday. Uh, nevertheless, um, we have now set up our initial teams. Although, of course, it's pretty difficult to do that because we don't know the fixtures yet, which is quite unusual. No. No, sort of placeholders at the moment until we hear the fixtures a bit later on. Maybe tomorrow, I've heard? It is sometime this week. Uh, we, I should point out we're recording this on Tuesday night. Yeah. Uh, as it stands, the just for people uh, know whereabouts we are or when we are in the world, uh, PSG are currently 2 0 up against uh, RP Leipzig yeah, in the Champions League. So, uh, yeah. Looking like uh, it could be an all French uh, final. Yeah. <sighs> Could you imagine that? No, no comment. <laughs> so uh, I think let's get into our, our, our like initial sort of draft teams, if you like. Yeah. Uh, who we've sort of brought in. Um, let's start with the defenders, obviously. Uh, Jack, talk us through your sort of back five if you've got assembled at the moment. Um, so I've gone for the the big three, if you like, of of Trent, 
Andrew Robertson and, and Matt Doherty. They are, for me, the best three defenders in the, in the entire game. So, got to stick to the philosophy, haven't I? And I, I've got to pick who I think are the best three. Um, haven't quite gone as wild as I did the last few games of last season with my all five were over five and a half or five million. I think Aurea was 5.3 or something like that. Um, my other two so far are uh, Stuart Dallas from Leeds. I um, think that's a good value value player. And I know we say you shouldn't really pick players from, from the promoted teams, but I think that value is a bit too hard to ignore at this point in time. And my... Uh, my fifth defender is is one of your boys, Callum, uh, Nathan Ferguson, who is a four million budget option. I uh, hopefully he'll get a start. I've, I've read things suggesting that he will replace Joel Ward at right back, so we'll have to wait and see on that. But four million mm. is is low money anyway. I'll, I'll bench him most weeks. I mean, uh, as a Palace fan, I, I am certainly hoping to see Ferguson uh, week in week out. Uh, not that I have anything against Joel Ward. But uh, it would be nice to uh, bring the average age of the team down uh, quite significantly. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I saw in your your top eleven minutes played last year that only Zaha is below the age of twenty seven. Which yeah, is and he insane. and he is and he is twenty seven. He is twenty seven. Is the problem? Yeah, yeah exactly. which, is, which is mental. Um, it's, you know, that's yeah. far too old on the whole. Yeah. I mean, you can see why we're being linked with like every young uh, player under the sun, you know, as a um, Ollie Watkins, uh, this you know, 22 year old Romanian guy who's been linked to like, likened to uh, Mbappe. Uh, yeah. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's yeah. going to take a couple yeah, of years. It, yeah. yeah. To, well, to, I, uh, get the average age down, but yeah. got to make some progress this summer, I think. Otherwise, it might be in a bit of trouble. Absolutely. Well, my back five is a bit different. So I'm not entirely convinced by your philosophy. <laughs> uh, I think it's good to have, you know, one or two you know, really like quality, expensive um, defenders. Yeah. Have four or five, I think is, is pretty insane. Uh, I know you've only got three at the moment, but obviously that could change. Uh, so my one, I also have Alexander Arnold in my team. Yeah. Because if you don't have him, uh, frankly, you've gone insane. Yeah. I think it's fair. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Is he? Would you say that out of all the players and all the positions, he is the one that everyone should have in their team? Yeah. I, I don't want to use the word essential because no player is essential. No player on your own will determine whether you finish ten thousand or or a hundred thousand, but coming in at seven and a half million and the, I think it was the fifth highest scoring player in the game last season, there's absolutely no reason, unless he gets injured between now and game week one, there's absolutely no reason to have not have him in. Um, I think even at eight and a half million, I'd have probably still had him. Nine million, probably still had him. It's just that good. Wow. So you, you, you think that they, they undervalued him? Oh, 100%. The- I, I, I think they've undervalued uh, the entirety of the Liverpool defence maybe except Gomez but Van Dijk Robertson and, and Trent all underpriced for me which is funny because they are the three most expensive defenders you can get obviously Alexander Arnold seven and a half uh, Robertson seven million and then uh, Van Dijk six point five yeah, um, yeah they are so 
even though you know they are the most expensive, I think I think that's just a testament to how good Liverpool are in real life. That you know they're they're relatively cheap at the end of the day. Yeah, I think I think you've got to think. Would I rather have Trent or a seven point five million midfielder? There's no debate for me. I think maybe Greenwood is the only seven and a half million midfielder I can think of from the top of my head. There's no debate who I'd rather have out of them two. Trent every day of the mm. week. So yeah, got to think Absolutely. It like that. Yeah. So um, Trent's my only expensive defender. The rest are all four point five or four million. Yeah. Uh, remarkably. So I also have Ferguson as well. Uh, I'm not sure. See, I I don't know if he is going to start straight away because he is brand new. Obviously, signed on a free from from West Brom. Yeah. Uh, we we were we've been sort of courting him for I think a year. Yeah, it's it been was. a while. And then I mean, we were meant to sign him on deadline day in January, and then he failed his medical. So in the end, we decided uh, not to sign him there, and we'll sign him in the summer on a free. So we've actually saved ourselves a few million, although it did greatly annoy uh, the fan base that we. We didn't sign anyone on deadline day like we usually do. Um, so yeah, Ferguson is in the team. I also have another Palace defender in uh, Mitchell, who yeah. is the young academy prospect who started to make some appearances at the end of last season, uh, coming in at left yeah. back. Uh, the reason I've got him in my team is because uh, Patrick van Aertholt, who would usually be a good person to have in your fantasy team because he's quite an attacking uh, fullback gets amongst the goals and the assists. Yeah. Uh, he got himself injured in the last couple of games, so Mitchell has kind of stepped into his place. Yeah. Uh, we have other le- uh, left back options, uh, notably Jeffrey Schlupp, but for some reason Hodgson doesn't seem to think he's a left back. He seems to think he's either a central midfielder or a left winner for some yeah. reason. Uh, so I think Mitchell is. Unless Van Aert-Holt makes a sudden recovery before the start of the season, I definitely think Mitchell's going to be starting. So I think he's great value for money at just four four million. Yeah, and that's that's the benefit as well of you being a Palace fan. I don't know how many people actually know that. On the whole, I completely forgot until you mentioned it to me previously hmm. that Van Aert-Holt, did he dislocate his shoulder or something? Uh, yes, it was uh, against the Man United in against uh, Man United. I think yeah. he went to tackle Martial as Martial was scoring. And I think they just fell over awkwardly together and he yeah, dislocated his shoulder, as you said. So Yeah, I meant, yeah. Right. Yeah, so. Yeah. That's, shoulder that's, injuries, you, you never know, do you really? Uh, no. Um, no, I think it's I think it's a good pick and one that I completely forgot about until you, you mentioned it. So, bit of a... I may have helped you out there by mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I think I'll still stick with Ferguson long-term as, you know, say Van Aanholt comes back after four weeks, I don't want someone who's not going to play at all on my bench, really. Yeah. But, and it, obviously it won't be a priority for me to make that transfer, so I could be stuck with someone for on the bench for my big at the back theory I'd rather be stuck with a defender who is just collecting dust on the bench mm. so my other two defenders I've also got are Taylor from Burnley yeah good value. I, I think again Burnley you know solid at the back team uh, I think Taylor's gets them on the assists every now and again so I think he's I think yeah. again, and again for 4.5 I, I think that's cheap Underpriced, yeah. yeah. Again, I don't know. Yeah, I I thought the only Burnley defender who might come in at four and a half was Matt Loughton. 
I thought mm. I was like Taylor will be five, Bardsley will, will be five. Um, obviously Tarkovsky's five and a half is not no value there. Yeah. Um, then me five, I think. I believe um, yes. But Charlie Taylor and and uh, and uh, Eric Peters as well, because one of them will play every game. That seems yeah. to be the way with Sean Dyche, is that mm. if you've got your spot in the team, it's quite hard to lose it unless you get injured. So whoever starts the season will play for a long time, I'd imagine. He doesn't tinker his team very often. So I think Taylor's a good pick. Yeah. And then my fifth one, a bit of a curveball choice. I've gone for uh, Kyle Walker-Peters. Oh, uh, yeah. He no, transferred yeah. from uh, Spurs to Southampton. Yeah. Um. Decent player. I th- I I've got high hopes. Well, not high hopes exactly, but high expectations for um, Southampton this year. I think Harson Hootles really started to implement his style into the team. Um, yeah. I remember watching them play back in, I think it was February against Palace, and they just they looked they looked like Liverpool. Just the way they pressed, the energy that they had, uh, and even though they've not got you know the best quality of players there's enough quality in that team to, I think, to break into the top 10 for sure. And they were brilliant yeah. after the restart as well. I think Walker-Peters yeah, was a big factor in that. Yeah, with, in theory, nothing to play for as well, which is, makes it even more impressive. I think they were sort of 12th, mm. 13th around start of the time of restart. So Yeah, and then they, I think they were 11th, but uh, they had like one of the best records um, during the lockdown sort of during the recent yeah. period. So yeah. I think, um, I mean, it's a bit of bias as well because I'm a big football manager fan and uh, I signed Kyle yeah. Peters once and he, he got me to a Champions League and three Premier Leagues. Um, playing out of position as well at left back, not his usual right back. So uh, uh, Yeah, he can't play there. He's yeah. played there for us a few times. Mm. Yeah, so, so I've got, I've got um, a tough spot for him. I think, I think he'll do well at Southampton. I think he's their kind of player. I think he's guaranteed yeah. starts as well now that uh, Cedric uh, Soares has gone to Arsenal permanently, I think. So, yeah, uh, did you see that, that Valerie is more expensive than Walker-Peters? Is he? I didn't see that. Yeah, no. Val- Valerie is five, is five mil. Oh. For hmm. reasons beyond me. I'm not really <laughs> sure. He, uh, he hardly played last season. Uh, I can't remember if he was injured. But I think he did have an injury fit. And the problem with Valerie is his whole career is based off that like amazing forty-yard strike against Man United. <laughs> uh, and yeah, think, you know, and yes, that was an amazing goal. He deserves all the plaudits for it. Aside from that, he hasn't done much else. Uh, that no, I've note really for Southampton. So no, um, um, you know, but, yeah, Cole, but you never know. Cole, oh, yeah, Carl Walker Peters is is pretty. A pretty balanced fullback on the whole. Like, there's there's no really massive. He's not like a massively attacking fullback. He's not a defensive fullback. Definitely not a defensive fullback. Um, so I think he should get the odd assist. He had that freak game for us against Bournemouth where he got three assists. I don't know if you remember it. <laughs> yeah, I do um, that one. Yeah, it was a pretty incredible. Um, but that's not going to happen every week. I don't think he's going to be, you know, massively. In terms of massively productive in terms of assists, but I think for for a four point five million asset, I think it's that's another good value. There's so much value in that price bracket this year; it's yeah. insane. Mm. So that's a, that's the roundup of our defenders. Um, as this is uh, going to be, as this podcast is going to focus more on the defenders, we can rattle through the rest of the team quite quickly. 
if that's yeah. okay. you, Jack. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So for, for goalkeepers, uh, what have who have you gone for? Who are your two? Uh, currently, I've got uh, Dubravka um, and Neyland as a cheap four million who might have, might play. You never know. Um, Dubravka is, you know, his makes saves every game. Basically, it, it might change. It could very well change before the start of the season. Mm. Um, but he, Newcastle, massively outperformed their expected goals conceded last year. Yeah, I think in terms of expected points, they were bottom. They were below Norwich. Um, so, and he, I think he's a big part of that because I think he's a great goalkeeper. Um, so, if he keeps going like that, he should hopefully hoover up the save points and the bonus. But we'll have to see, you know, if if they follow their metrics and the metrics they put out this season, they're going to go down. So, yeah. you know, it's a it, it's a wait and see. But a goalkeeper is fairly low risk anyway. So, mm. you know. Yeah. So are, are you very much of the belief that you only need sort of one starting goalkeeper and then the other can be just a, a, a cheap backup? Uh, I, I was. Um, I've done a bit of reading, in, uh, and if, if you'd have rotated last season with Pope and Henderson, I know that they were two exceptionally good four and a half million options. Yeah, absolutely. But but you'd have got yourself sort of sixty more points, I think. So oh. even and that's you know include you know not including you'd, you'd get the wrong one every now and again. You know, say they had two good home games, you could very easily get one wrong, mm. which I think is what puts people off going for that route. I think, oh, there's, I don't want to leave, you know, say you had like Matt Ryan and someone else on the bench, you leave Matt Ryan on the bench and he gets 12 and the other keeper gets two. You've got to live with that. Yeah. I think that's what, what puts people off. But, I, um, I know for a fact, logic. from uh, I know for a fact that you're talking from personal experience there with Matt Ryan, who I know from past years has uh, done you over a bit, Jack. Yeah, this season was, I think, the first time I owned him. I took him, uh, I put him in for Nick Pope before Nick Pope went on a, and Burnley on, as a whole went on a ridiculous run. The first game was where they beat Leicester 2 1, and he saved a Bardi penalty. Oh, yes. I remember that. that was, I, took, I, I took him out that week. Matt Ryan got two points. Um, and it got, it was kind of similar from there. As soon as I uh, had the, the wild card when, the game restarted Pope was immediately back in and did pretty well so mm. it's a shame he's too, he's too much this year really for me to consider I'm not going to buy him at five and a half million yeah so, I, I get why he's priced there he was obviously the, I think the best keeper uh, both obviously in fantasy terms uh, but just in general last year uh, but uh, yeah five, 5.5 it's it's a bit of a gamble I think uh, hence, what, yeah. uh, my two keepers, I've gone for yet another uh, Palace player in, <laughs> in uh, Guaita. Um, yeah, who, option. Yeah, I mean, with Palace, defence is usually pretty solid. Yeah, we, we have our good moments and our bad moments. So, again, it will all depend on fixtures, I think. Yeah. Uh, whether this yeah. will change or not. Uh, the other one I've gone for is a 4.5. It's Martinez of Arsenal. Uh, yeah. Again, a bit like with Mitchell, um, obviously he's going to uh, play when Van Aert Holt's injured. We don't know how long Leno is out for. 
So, you know, Martinez is, is actually a pretty pretty decent keeper in his own right. Uh, yeah. I, I highly rate Leno, but I thought Martinez did an excellent job uh, coming in for him during the lot, uh, during the restart period. I think he, he's really earned that number one spot. Um, so I think he, I think he's a good option to bring in. Arsenal's defense yeah. is is improving. I wouldn't. hundred percent. I wouldn't say it is uh, a quality defense by any by any stretch of the imagination. Obviously, um, but uh, I think under Arteta we are seeing signs of improvement. So I think Martinez will play a big part in that. And a bit like yeah, Africa, he's going to make a lot of saves. Uh, yeah. So he'll he'll get some save bonuses. Yeah. Um... I think we sometimes get stuck in the whole, you know, uh, rhetoric kind of thing. Like the whole thing is Arsenal have not been able to defend for about 10 years. <laughs> and people, people, people get stuck in that. You know, they don't, yeah. oh, Arsenal, they can't defend. They have David Luiz, you know, that kind of thing. Whilst yeah. when they played the back three at the end of the season with Luiz in the middle, they looked okay on the whole. Mm. You know, it it wasn't that bad. Mart- I had Martinez at the end of the season. Him and Pope on rotation, um, and that wasn't bad. He he did he did well. So, and if not, he he might sign for Leeds. You never know. And then, yeah, maybe four point five keeper. Mm. So, you know, that's a another point of to think about because Argentinian Bielsa's Argentinian. That that link won't go away. Um, I'd imagine Martinez probably thinks that he deserves a first-team place at a Premier League club, which I think is fair enough because he was excellent at the end of the season. Um, so, yeah, there's a there's a good range in the four and a half, five for keepers. Leno, even Leno, when Leno's back, I think five is probably a little bit underpriced maybe for Leno. Is, is Leno only five? Yeah, if there was a 5.25 wow. million, I think that would make it <laughs> I, so, I I was convinced he would be five point five. I know he, obviously maybe they've done that because of his injury, but um, that's a bit shocking. I thought he'd definitely be higher than five. Oh, I, I think mean, that's I'll need to consider. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. So uh, just let's quickly go through uh, the midfielders. Um, uh, see, I I'm where whereas you think defenders are key. I think the midfield is where the battle is won or lost. When it comes yeah. to fantasy, I, I've always liked my expensive midfielders. Um, yeah. Even when you know they're not doing the best, I've always liked them. So yeah. I've gone uh, with sort of three big midfielders in uh, Sadio Mane, who's twelve million, uh, De Bruyne, who's eleven point five, and a new midfielder in the form of Pierre Emerick Aubameyang at twelve. Yeah. What's what do you think about Aubameyang being a midfielder? This year on fantasy, uh, I think they just do it that anyone that doesn't play up front come the end of the season is a midfielder. Like mm. you know, Aubameyang was playing left wing for the whole since Arteta joined. I can't remember him playing up front at all. So uh, I wasn't surprised uh, by any of the, the the positional changes really. On the whole, I think FPL just had the attitude of if you aren't a pure out and out striker. The focal point, you're a midfielder on the game. So, I don't I mean, know what you thought. I mean, I and I think the reason they've done it is because there's been so many complaints 
honestly some complaints, but people saying that, well, Mane and Salah practically play, you know, up top every game. Why aren't they classified as forwards? Yeah. They've always been classified as midfielders. And I think the same goes for people like Raheem Sterling, for example. Yeah. And maybe like Son Hoon Min as well at Tottenham. Yeah. And I reckon that they've gone, well, we can't move, you know, all those, you know, winners who play, you know, practically as strikers as forwards because that we've only we can only have three forward slots. So it'll be yeah. easier to put someone like a Bamian, who's kind of again one of those in-between players. It's easier to move him as a midfielder rather than it is to move everyone else as a forward. So Yeah. 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 I I think as well you just gotta have they've to be fair to them, they've got clarity in the system. Like there's no inconsistencies. You know, mm. it's, it's everyone who's not a, a a number nine, a pure number nine or striker is a midfielder. So you can't really fault them for that. You know, so mm. Um, mm. obviously, you know, we'll get to game week two and Aubameyang gets moved up front and people yeah. play again. But you've got <laughs> well, to think, you got, you know, they've done it for the start of the season. They can't change it halfway through. Well, this, this is the thing. I, I kept thinking to myself, if Arsenal sell Lacazette, Aubameyang's going to move back into striking position. They can't put anyone else there, really. I mean, they could, Eddie Nketiah? Is Nketiah really going to start? I, I, don't, I, I don't even know how Arteta's going to line Arsenal up if he's going to stay with this sort of 3-4-3 three, three he's been using. Whether he'll do think... something else. I think long term he wants to move to a four three three. Um I think he does, yeah. I think he's been very sort of pragmatic. Obviously, you can't put Louise in the back two as you sort of hinted at, but in the back three he's effective. So I think it depends on who he has to work with. But Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is the right way to go about it on the whole. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um we'll, we'll wait and see what the, the effects of having a Bamian as a midfielder uh Will, will take place. I don't know. My other midfield options I've got are uh, Suchek, I think I'm pronouncing yeah. that correctly, at West Ham, who yes. somehow down as only five. Yeah, I don't understand. I, I would have at least 5.5 because he ended the season. Five and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Don't really, the, uh, yeah. Don't know what's going on there. He scored 13 goals in one season for, was it Slavia Prague? He was before? I believe so, yes. He scored 13 and 8 goals in his last two seasons there. Wow. Which, which isn't, doesn't, I know it's a completely different league, but that does not scream to me as £5 million asset in FPL. No, certainly not. Um, so, the only annoying thing is, is that he's very easy to bench and could very easily score. Is he going to be one of them that mm, you have yeah, as your sub, one, yeah. your sub one every week? Mm. So... Yeah, but I've got him as well. So yeah, and my other midfielder uh, I've got is uh, Aaron Moy, who's a player I, I probably admire more as a player rather than as a fantasy option. But as a, I, I just put this team together within twenty minutes, so he's yeah. out of everyone is the most likeliest to be uh, moved out. Uh, also because he's a Brighton player, so uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, I don't really want him in my team, but there you go. Can't accuse you of using your heart over your head, Callum. Mm. Well, you probably could on some occasions. <laughs> you got three Palace players. Exactly. You know, I'm balancing it. You know, it's it's all good. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So yeah, um, talk us through your midfield uh, quickly, Jack. Uh, so I've got Salah, um, Salah or Mane. I haven't really decided on yet. Um, when they played together, I think Mane might actually be a bit, a little bit better. Um, Salah really cashed in when Mane was injured for a brief period or was benched. So that's quite a tight one. I think them the same price is actually correct compared to some people who are saying that Mane is way overpriced. Um, De Bruyne, um, another not must-have, but pretty secure one for game week one. Um, you know, he's just so consistent. Uh, I need to captain him more this season. I captained him twice last season, which is an absolute disgrace <laughs> on my part. Uh, ridiculous. Was he the highest scoring player in the game? Royner was, yeah. Yeah, and I captained him twice, which is which is ridiculous. Uh, and probably why I had my worst rank for several years. Well, that's probably part of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My other midfield, I had Sam Maximan um, at five and a half million, which is um, I'm not sure about. Uh, that might change, but I think in that price bracket, I think he's the best. Uh, five and a half, six ish. I think he's he's the best. He's ended the season well. Um, I also like Phil Foden around that price bracket. I think he's quite underpriced. I mm. would say I I could have Phil Foden in my game week one team. Quite possible. Suchek, mm. uh, we spoke about earlier. And my other midfielder, which is a bit of a placeholder for now, is uh, Ziyech from Chelsea. He, yeah, um, he is a very interesting prospect, uh, Ziyech, I think. My main aim with this team was to try and be able to get to every player in the game in one move. So it's really hard to tell at the start of the season who's going to be who's going to set the world on fire and who's going to stink the place out. Yeah. Um so I thought, you know, better, you know, someone setting the world on fire and then me having to make two transfers to get to them. Mm. That's, you know, that's that's annoying. So I thought most important thing is think about the price bracket so I've, I've written a list of all the players out in the certain price brackets and I want to have one from each if I can um, to make it easier for me to jump off and jump on at the start of the season when we realise that I know Stuart Armstrong scores three goals in his first two games and we all want him I want to be able to get to him in one move yeah <laughs> so yeah. that was hmm. my thinking no that's a, that's a very good midfield I'm slightly jealous I think but uh, yeah, it's it's not as good as yours. You've got the three big ones. Yeah, well, it, it, it really all. I I've no idea what's going to happen next season. Um, I don't think anyone does, to be honest. And I think it's yeah. it's it's really is it's really luck of the dice sometimes. And I think again, this this whole team is probably going to change anyway. Um, when we yeah. get when we learn the fixture list, you know. If yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not changing Trent or Robbo. But yeah. Oh no! Yeah, those two are staying for you. I know. But... They're staying. It. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 But even if Bamian could leave my team, if Arsenal get, you know, Man City and Liverpool as their first two games, yeah, yeah. it's it's all going to depend on the fixtures, which you know, we'll we'll talk about when they eventually get released. Yeah, Friday's the latest. Yeah. So hopefully next few days. Mm. So moving into the forwards, I'm just going to go through mine pretty quickly. Uh, Martial, obviously Man United, did very well last season. I think he's going to continue obviously playing up front. I think that's going to work really well for him. 
Um, yeah. Chris Wood, uh, a personal favourite of yours, I know, Jack. I thought it was undervalued. Yeah, I think because he, he had his injury problems last year, but still uh, got more than, uh, was it 14 goals he got in total? Now, the reason I've brought Brewster in is, A, he's 4.5, so he can sit on the bench if he needs to. But yeah. I believe that before the transfer window closes, he will have gone out on loan and probably yeah. be a starter at that Premier League club. So I think he's great value for money. Uh, I was re- in, but- yeah, so I was reading today on BBC Sports, uh, a bit of, sort of transfer gossip, uh, Brewster is wanted on loan by no less than six Premier League clubs. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. Including Aston Villa, Brighton, Burnley, Crystal Palace, Fulham and Newcastle. And with the exception of probably Brighton, who've got Mope, I can see, yeah, Brewster, I can see Brewster walking into all of those starting 11s. I know Fulham, yeah. I know Fulham have Mitrovic, but you know, I think Brewster's got such a hype around him. Got 11 goals uh, during the second half of the last season with Swansea. You know, practic- yeah. Practically dragged them into the playoffs by himself. So I, I think he's yeah. got a bright future, Brewster. Um, yeah, ho- hopefully, yeah. you know, hopefully he's more Tammy Abraham than he is Dominic Solanke. But uh, yeah. I think this is the season that we'll, we'll learn whether he's good enough. Of course, yeah. you know, Klopp will be wanting to keep an eye on him. And like developing him, so he's ready to take over from Firmino or whoever at Liverpool. So yeah, I think Brewster's a very good prospect. Yeah, uh, if he does go out on loan to a Aston Villa, who I'd imagine are probably one of the favourites because they desperately need a striker. Yeah, um, he will ninety percent sure be in my game week one team. If yeah. if he's still at Liverpool, he he won't because it's a waste of a Liverpool spot. Mm, that's bad. Um, but he will be this season's closest thing to Mason Greenwood if he does get a move on loan. Yeah, that's a good shot. That's a good comparison so, to make. Yeah, yeah, I, I, he'll probably be uh, slightly less explosive, I'd imagine, but will probably get more consistent minutes. Yeah. Greenwood went weeks without coming on at several points. Yeah. So mm. he's an interesting one for sure. Mm. Um. My two are actually currently the same as yours, Wooden Martial. Oh, look at that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I uh, I've tinkered around a little bit, and one of mine, I had a 0.5 saving somewhere, and it was Timo Werner instead of Martial. Oh. Which is, I don't think I want Ziyech and Werner. I think it's too much reliable on, on Chelsea, too much um, relying on Chelsea. Yeah. Um, But... Martial Werner. It's also part of my trying to get every player available yeah. in one move. Mm. Ver- Werner is one million less than Kane and Aguero, who are the two most expensive strikers. Yeah. So, say Harry Kane scores four in his first two games, which is very possible because he looked <laughs> quite sharp at the end of the season, mm. and uh, he's the best player to yeah. ever live. Um, <laughs> and of course, uh, Harry will be helped by the fact that he won't have to play in August. For a change, oh uh, yeah, uh, no, he has scored in August now. He has, but I really hate that. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna milk that joke that he can't score in August. Uh, <laughs> days. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it was what it is. It remains one of my favourite stats, which unfortunately is valid, but uh, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's true. He, he's a uh, 
he's definitely an option, I think. I think he's maybe a little bit on the overpriced side. I was a bit mm. disappointed with ten and a half. I could have seen him be ten. I think Son is better value to start off with, though I'd likely be starting with neither. But just in case, I want to keep him and Aguero as one transfer options because they are two of the most explosive players of the last five seasons. Um, so I need to keep them because as an option because they could just set set the world on fire at any point. And my four and a half for now is is Keenan Davis just because Brewster's not an option for me yet, but obviously he will become. I can't imagine Davis is going to get much game time with Wesley back. Oh, is Davis a, um, a Villa player? Is he? I have to. I, yes. To be honest, I I never heard of him before. I didn't know who I didn't know who you were, were talking about. <laughs> uh, Ke- Keenan Davis is a a Villa striker who actually started the end of last season quite a few games oh, above Samata. Oh, I see. Um, he didn't score, but he was a four point three million midfielder and was third sub on my bench every week for the last five weeks because he he always got at least a point. Oh, I see. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but as you say, with, with Wesley and Samata and potentially someone like Brewster coming in, then the chances of him playing are pretty slim, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah, as I said so. Wesley will be first choice unless he goes and they bring someone else in. So, yeah, you know, bench option for sure. Yeah. So that sums up our teams, um, which I, I think they're looking pretty decent for now. Um yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll probably they can a lot, be. but uh, yeah, it's a good. I think it's a decent start. Um, yeah, yeah. One uh, big change to the game that's of course happening uh, with the new season is that the deadline is uh, no longer an hour before the first kickoff of the weekend of the game week, I should say, uh, but it's now ninety minutes before. Uh, how how come that's the case now? I would imagine that it's to stop people leaking team news on Twitter, right, and and other platforms, sort of. 10 minutes before the deadline I was you know you have to take some of it with a pinch of salt but there were some very reliable people out there who were, who were reporting it ah. um, and it kind of got a bit convoluted towards the end you know you started to get loads of people making fake accounts and <laughs> you know I, I think overall it is better that we all just you know it's not fair on them those people who live in in different parts of the world where the FPL deadline to them is like 5am or something. God, they're going to sleep through the. <laughs> yeah, they're they're going to sleep through the deadline. They're not going to be able to see that <laughs> Trent Alexander-Arnold has been benched in the twelve thirty kickoff on the Saturday, like the rest of us could. <laughs> so yeah, I think That's... overall it makes the game fairer yeah. and it's the right choice. Yeah, it's a good idea. I'll just yeah, you just got to be aware that it's happening. I think I think that was one of my my biggest issues when I first started fantasy, uh, is that I kept missing the deadline. For whatever reason, particularly on Friday nights, um, yeah. I'd look at my phone and it was like quarter past eight, and I was like, "Oh, damn!" Yeah, <laughs> I didn't change. I didn't change my captain. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but, I, I yeah. Don't, I don't know about you, but I used to find it a, a, an issue when when I was at uni. I used to go out on a Friday night and then wake up at like half eleven on a Saturday morning with your head banging. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Uh, yes, I've not changed my team. <laughs> that did happen a few times to me. Uh, <laughs> I uh, one season I I had a delayed wildcard by about three weeks because I kept going out on Friday nights and putting it back off to the next week, <laughs> which is quite poor. 
on the whole. I'm a lot, pro- lot more professional these days. Not that it's <laughs> out my rank, but yeah, you know. Uh, well, that I think wraps up the the fantasy uh, segment this podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we've got, I'd say, another, I'd say, let's say, ten minutes just to discuss some of the news of the week. Yeah, uh, into the real world. Um, the big news, obviously, oh. being European, the European competitions. Um, it's been quite fun having this almost like World Cup-like daily knockout matches. Yeah, yeah it's definitely yeah, I, uh, more interesting. Yeah, I think. Um... I'm not sure. I think I'd rather we stuck to two legs going forward, but mm. um, it's been a, a, a nice change, I suppose. There's there's pros and cons of, of one and two legs, like there is pros and cons of everything else. Yeah. So um, mm. I haven't actually watched that much of it. I've been very busy recently. I've not watched very much. I watched. Uh, well, we watched Bayern and Barcelona. We did. I, that was my next uh, point. I was going to make. Um... Oh. Sorry, sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, yes. No, 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 no. Just, just steal my thunder while you're at it, Jack, you know. <laughs> who's who's um, hosting this damn thing? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we, we, yeah, you obviously came around my house on Friday, uh, Friday night, and it was it, it's one of those surreal games, really, wasn't it? Um, Barca 2 by an 8. You know, it's not, yeah. it, it's, it's just like, is this really happening? You know, it, yeah, it, it was very reminiscent of the you know Brazil one, Germany seven from the World Cup in 2014. I I was you know. I got vibes of that pretty early on. Yeah. I think I even said uh, like you know even like was it, did they go two one or one one? It went or, or... it went one one and then it very quickly became. I think we turned on the TV and it was one one. Oh no, it, 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 it we turned on the TV and it had literally just gone two one. And then yes. we went out of the yes. room and then we came back in five minutes later and it was 4-1. And it was like, oh, yeah. th- this is this is happening. This, you know, as you say, it really did get those, you know, Brazil-Germany vibes. Yeah, I, I, I could see it happening because Barcelona are, are to be got at. I mean, obviously they're, but even beforehand, they're to be got at these days. Um, mm. 100%. They, they are not good. Um, I mean, I think we all, we all predicted a buying win. I just don't think we ever thought it would be this bad or this good for them. Really. Yeah, like it's yeah. I I thought Bayern were very likely to score at least three, but mm. Barcelona also had the ability to score three. Yeah. So you know, yeah. they have Messi. Messi could have pulled off two or three ridiculously ridiculous pieces of individual class and. Mm. That was the only way they were going to win, really. I mean, well, Bayern, yeah, or a machine. I mean, where do where do Barca go from now? Um, obviously, um, Setien has been sacked. That was kind of inevitable. Um, the latest news is uh, Ronald Koeman is going to step in to be manager. Um, yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah. Also, you've also had Javi uh, has been linked in with it uh, as well as Mauricio Pochettino. Yeah, I I think Koeman would be a good choice. The issue is, is that he's done a great job with the Netherlands, but I wonder, you know, does he want to burn his bridges with like the Dutch FA, uh, unless he unless he strikes up a deal to stay in charge of the Netherlands until after next year's Euros? But um, I don't know. But then again, it's Barcelona, and as a former Barca sort of legend, you know, he, he doesn't want to pass this opportunity up. I think. 
Yeah, I I think I don't know if I, I read this right, but I think that he's gone from the Netherlands job. Oh, now, oh, I I think so. But my thoughts are is that is he going to you know Barcelona are quite possibly the most dogmatic club in the world, <laughs> maybe apart from I apart from Ajax, yeah. maybe you do play this way, four three three ninety percent of the time. Yeah, um, he's quite pragmatic on the whole. Mm. Um, he showed that when he was Netherlands manager. So it depends. Is he going to want to play in that way? I, but I suppose it, I think that that kind of thing is is dying out of the game. There's, it's more football is so much more about pressing and off the ball stuff now than it was about. Oh, let's let's make nine hundred passes. Yeah, <laughs> kind of kind of thing. Yeah. So I think it's very hard for them. I I remember the Johan Cruyff official Twitter account. I don't know who runs that these days, but when Setien was appointed, they said that he was the most Cruyff-like manager in the world. Mm, that's not really, and not really edited well, has it? It hasn't gone well at all. So maybe they need to twist this, the, you know, Barcelona's philosophy with a twist. Yeah. I mean, get into 2020. Yeah. I don't know. I, I would love to see uh, Pochettino manage um, because, like, like what he did at Spurs, you know, Barcelona need, need a rebuild. Um, the players that they've yes. got are—they've got good players, but they're all getting old. You know, Suarez is nearly thirty-four, Messi's nearly thirty-three-ish, and yeah. they've bought. And for some reason, they've um, they've kind of they've kind of become Real Madrid in some ways. So instead of young, talented players. They're instead like overspending on aging players who were once good, like Arturo Vidal. Pjanic is now coming in, and it's like this. That wasn't the Barcelona way. The Barcelona way I know is you know bringing young talents, whereas now it's just like oh they're trying to bring in like Galacticos every year, um, and they're not bringing in particularly good Galacticos. Yeah, their transfer policy is a mess. Yeah, it's you know they spent their did I read that Coutinho cost more the entire than the entire Bayern Munich team? I think. I think that's true. Yes. And they spent, I don't know, say four hundred million on three players. Mm. Uh, one of them was playing for the other team. Yeah. And two of them were on the bench. Yeah, Dembele and uh, Griezmann. Yeah. Dembele and Griezmann, which is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, there's it's just uh, if you try to do it that badly I'm not sure you could do it that badly mm. um, it's just a mess it is. you know the, the, the way they try and play as well usually suits youth and energy especially when Guardiola was there and they just used to just press and press with the highest line possible yeah you know it's, it doesn't make sense to bring in 29 year olds and try and teach them that way yeah it's as you, you know, as, as you say it's just a mess they just don't know they seem to have just lost their direction I think and I don't know yeah. whether that's a, a manager thing or a player's thing or a thing at the, at the board level, but um, uh, something something needs to change, I think. Yeah, um, I think all of the above. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, with, yeah. yeah. This is shambles. Yeah. So, with, uh, obviously, um, we're recording this on Tuesday night. Uh, PSG have just beaten Leipzig 3-0. So, they are... 3-0. Final. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, that's that's quite interesting. I think. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, 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 I'm I uh, shocked that they're in the final, but I'm not for some reason. Um, that half of the draw was very open. Yeah, you know, it was. I actually thought Atletico would probably make it. I I would have said if um, we were playing the old second leg, like two like two legs format, I think Atletico would have beaten PSG. Yeah, that's over true. one yeah, leg. Uh, I definitely thought PSG had the upper hand. Um, yeah, you know, just because you know they they'd absolutely go for it, and as soon as they got one goal, I thought Atletico would struggle to come back. Um, yeah, yeah they, they you know obviously defeated Liverpool. And that was very impressive, but they needed two legs to do it. Um, so I, I we've, know, yeah, we've been robbed of a Liverpool by the final by a reserve goalkeeper. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm ninety, not ninety percent sure. I'm Liverpool would have been heavy favourites to make the final again if they'd oh, absolutely, Atletico, absolutely. Um, um, yeah. So that's a shame because Liverpool Bayern would have been great. Bayern were nowhere near as good as they were now. As they are now, when Liverpool beat them last season, yeah, they they, um, they look like a team just like reborn under uh, Flick. You know, under they, Kovic, they look very, very static, very unsure of themselves. Um, you know, nearly miraculously won the league, not just not the season just gone, but the season before that, they shouldn't have won it. Um, they were massively helped by Dortmund bottling it in the second half of the season. But now in the, I, I yeah. they just look, you know, Lewandowski's playing the best he's ever played. Muller's back to his best. You know, Gnabry's breaking through. Uh, and even defensively, like Boateng is, you know, again, he looks reborn. Alfonso Davis looks like he's going to be the next big Finn. Um, they, I'm struggling to like pick a, a weak point in that team. You know, I can pick a weak. Yeah. I can pick a weak point in the in the PSG team. I can't pick one in this buying team, though. That was exactly my point. They, yeah. that I was about to say they just look so balanced. Yeah, it's you know, which is the makings of a great team, especially in the Champions League, mm-hmm. when without a defense, or in particular without a defense, you will really struggle in the Champions League mm-hmm. on the whole. Yeah, but they've got. I trust their defense. Obviously, they'll score goals. Yeah, but um, they look very tough to beat. They'd be a great FPL option if they. <laughs> yeah, so. absolutely. Um, um, I mean, of course, they're not. They're yeah. not in the final yet. They still got to beat Leon. Uh, Leon, who of course uh, beat Man City on Saturday, three-one. I'd be shocked if Leon beat Bayern, but at, at this rate, I I don't know what to. I don't know how to predict these games. Um, yeah, I, you know, I don't want to tempt fate, but I'm 90% sure that Bayern Munich <laughs> will be in the final and I'm just about as sure that they will probably win the whole thing. Uh, and that means that Leon will definitely win the Champions League, everyone. So uh, put your money on uh, Leon to win. Yeah, yeah, I've just cursed myself. <laughs> I? So uh, Memphis, no, Memphis my... to pie for the Ballon d'Or. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, knowing my luck in, in FPL this season, I'd probably just prove that your prediction, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, so Bayern, we we think we'll we'll beat Leon and beat PSG in the final. Uh, in the Europa League, obviously Man United knocked out by uh, Sevilla, and uh, Inter Milan yeah. uh, beat Shak- beat uh, Shakhtar Donetsk five nil. 
in their semi-final. So, um, just very quickly, Sevilla or Inter, who are you going for? Uh, I'd be wouldn't be surprised if that game finished nil nil after 120 minutes. Inter are very narrow favourites for me. I think that's really hard to call. Mm. Uh, they have two world class strikers, which might in a game of probably one chance, can you finish it? Might be a difference. Mm. So, Lukaku is, you know, aside from Lewandowski, I think there's an argument to say that he's been the best striker in the world right now. Uh, you forgot Harry Kane. All right, based on last season, you know, <laughs> overall, yeah, you know, but um, Lukaku. Luka- Luka- so, no, go on. No, what are you going to say? Lukaku, Lukaku is firmly in the group of very, very good players that gets far more hate than he deserves. He is a world class player. Yeah. He's, you know, and he gets. It's a bit like Harry Maguire. I think we've had this. Maybe we've had this discussion that I think Harry Maguire is is one of the best centre backs in the league, and people think that he's awful. It's all because of his price tag, forty million. I don't think people would would hate him, but I think the fact that he cost eighty million, everyone has to, everyone feels they have to compare him to Van Dijk and Valley, and it's like, and yes, and he's not as good as those two, but he's good. I'm going to have to say Inter Milan as well. I yeah. think enough uh, quality up top, as you said. Conte as well. He knows how to win these fins. And again, it's a, it's a big game for big moments, and I think they're going to be the side to do it. So there you go then. I, I'm I'm actually quite looking forward to that match from a tactical point of view. I think that'll be a really interesting final. Oh, I'm definitely going to watch it. Um, yeah, yeah. Even though, yeah. Even though so, there's no English teams left in in Europe. Um, this is this has been, I think, been a very good um, Champions League and Europa League season in general. Yeah, uh, a lot of big surprises. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to the finals, which are both on the weekend, I believe. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't know. I've actually not, ad- uh, admittedly, watched that much. Yeah. Whenever, they, I've, uh, uh, whenever they are, I'm going to watch them. So. Yeah, I've uh, I've had I've got US Open tennis and to entertain me in the next couple of weeks. Ooh. So. Well, let's see. I- yeah. I've got no Formula One, so there you go. Oh, okay. They're on. They're on. They're on break yes. for a week, so I'm uh, yeah. watching some European football instead. Yeah, yeah. that's fair enough. Yeah. I'm sure it'd be interesting. Yeah, and uh, I believe that's all we have time for today. Yeah. Yeah. So, Good first recording. Yeah, I, I, I've enjoyed this. So, uh, and I hope that uh, people listening at home have enjoyed it as well. Hopefully, yeah. we'll be back next week at some stage. Hopefully with some fixtures. Yes, hopefully. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Look, looking forward to that. And uh, until then, everyone stay safe. Um, yes, I've been Callum. Jack's also been here. I have. Yeah, we're gonna have to work on our transition out. I think next time. But um, <laughs> in the meantime, uh, bye bye. Yeah. See you later.